A Challenge for the Fourth Industrial Revolution, written and illustrated by Priscilla Mears. A call to action for the generations of the 21st century. As our Earth is shifting and changing at warp speed, post-pandemic of 2020, we must change our ways in order to thrive in this new fourth industrial revolution. As science and artificial intelligence have reached a new high and will soon rocket the world into a new technology and a new way of life. So let's work together and be a part of the change by building a network all for the greater good. Please join me over the next couple of weeks as we unpack page by page the message of my newly released book that puts into perspective the true status of our dying planet. Hey guys, welcome back to the Simplified Beauty Podcast. Can you believe that we only have three more episodes left in this series? I am so excited. If you haven't been able to tune in to the previous four episodes, be sure to do that in order to hear the full message of my newly released book um, that is now available at barnesandnoble.com with both paperback and hardcover options. So in recap, last week we talked about the kind of deeply rooted agendas of the United Nations and kind of the morals of those who support its longstanding ideals. I mean, throughout 30 years, they have kind of become closer and closer to seeing their theories applied across the globe. And as we get deeper into 2021 and the pursuit of sustainable development for the sake of the earth, we are now kind of witnessing some rather aggressive methodologies as well as aftermath and complications from last year unfolding within societies and cultures everywhere. So if you missed last week's episode, that was kind of where what I talked about then. And I tried to just present the facts in light of God's word. And there is where I'm going to let it rest. I don't want to just keep dwelling in the evil, but rather I want to point my intentions and my heart and hopefully your heart back to the heart of the Father and how we respond to the reality of our world's current status. So before I get going, I want to go ahead and read page number 12 of my book. While we can't control the things of this world, especially the more, quote, green it gets, we can still faithfully steward our lives and press on with God's love and grace. They want us to consume less? Well, let's lead by example and become more selfless by building others up and putting screens down, by planting more gardens and eating from the ground, by living homemade and reducing processed to reuse and recycle and even swipe less. Okay, so from here, I'm gonna kind of, um, I want us to kind of shift our perspective and I wanna kind of rewind, you know, back to a year ago. I don't wanna relive it in by any means whatsoever, done with that, tired of that. But in order for us to be able to respond to the future and to be able to know and recognize where our perspectives are, I think it's very important for us to kind of see how we and reflect how we responded over the course of 2020. So like most of you probably recognized after that first initial two weeks of kind of flattening the curve was up and nothing changed, um, but instead kept kind of progressing, we all began to see and experience kind of the negative repercussions that come out of isolation. 
And so like my book says, like we need to kind of put our phones down. We need to get back into community. We need to become more selfless. Many of us really pressed into what we could control like work or trying to find solutions to help ends meet in case you lost your job. Those with kids, you know, had to kind of navigate crisis schooling at home and sometimes trying to balance that work too. So we found, we tried to keep going and we found coping mechanisms, whether it was food or drinks or just numbing out on our phones and social media to kind of help with the stress, like binge Netflix and everything. Well, then fast forward to even later into the year as people were trying to kind of get back out there into the so-called new normal that everybody was throwing around. Um, the fear of the unknown was still gripping people. Everybody was in hopes for a fresh new year of 2021 and new beginnings. But the reality kind of quickly settled in that it wasn't just that simple, especially after we had spent an entire year of developing bad habits in the darkness of isolation. So I don't know, for me, just kind of, I think I've said this before in previous podcasts, but it was an honestly a wake up call for me to realize what was truly important in my life and seeing things that are in our lives that maybe we took advantage of or people that we loved or felt like we had not cherished as much as we should. Maybe the health aspect revealed some unhealthy habits in your life. I think we can all attest that it forced us to face head on on what and who we are directly responsible for. And it was our reaction to that realization that showed the trajectory of our life's response. Maybe you quickly recovered. Maybe the legitimate hardships knocked you down for a while. Maybe you truly never recovered. Maybe those loss that through loss of loved ones or loss of personal time and space to be able to work and peace and quiet, maybe it was the loss of income. So much happened last year. There are so many factors. And maybe you are struggling to just get, still get past that mental and physical and financial struggles and getting to the other side of this trial. The struggle is real. I am not belittling anyone's experience because it is, is seriously insane right now. And I really loved my my church's message last week. It, we started a new series and it's called The Struggle is Real. And so if you don't, if you're not connected to a church or you're, you know, don't want to get out, totally tune in to hopefellowship.net. And I'm actually going to link last week's um, message into my blog post because it was just so good. And so I validate that this is hard. This is a hard season and last year was hard. Maybe you gave yourself some grace, some much needed grace, or maybe you could only focus on the negative feelings of failure or your situation, or maybe it was the overwhelming why mentality that would overrun your thoughts. Praise the Lord, his mercies are new every morning and that they don't run out and that he calls us to run to him. And that he empowers us to be able to do a 180 about face through his strength and begin a new and different trajectory from henceforth. Like I have mentioned in several episodes before, uh, at the back of my book, kind of like the last half, um, it has a verse appendix for each different page. And so for the verses on this page, 
I am going to read just a few of them. So 1 John 3, 1. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. And then 2 Timothy um, 1, 6-10. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me as a prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel. By the power of God, he has saved us and has called us into a holy life, not because of anything that we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. But it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. So when we claim our title of being children of God and we cling to the power that he holds and speaks over us, it does not make us timid about life storms, but instead it gives us that power, love, and self-discipline to live and to live abundantly. But the life and the love that we have is not just a life that resembles the world, but it should resemble one that is set apart and that is holy. Just like the verse says, not because of anything that we do, but because of his own purpose and grace. So real quick, when it comes to the green portion of this page, and you know, reuse and recycling, um, this is something that I kind of, um, I'll cover in a different podcast, maybe down the road. But this portion, to be honest, I mean, I love shopping at Goodwill and I try to do certain things, but at the same time, this is kind of a work in progress for me. But I truly feel like to sum it up, that the more that we retract, from very high tech and we kind of get back to our roots and and living off the land and trying to kind of seek God's design, that kind of living, that sustainable development of living off of how God intended it and using less technology, honestly, that that is a really awesome way to live. And it's kind of what my heart has been longing and thirsting for. So I'll probably be sharing that more over in my Instagram stories at simplifybeauty.co. That's my handle over there. So follow along there if you're interested. Okay, getting back to kind of how we responded. I don't know how you guys responded last year, but I can tell you that no one did it flawlessly because we are all sinful humans and we are imperfect and we respond with our, our emotions and that is our typically our reaction. But God knows that and he gives us the love and grace for where we do fall short through Christ. If you are a born again believer, not only are you called to survive, but you are promised to thrive during times like this because of the clarity and the understanding that we have from the Holy Spirit living within us. Not to say that we are completely untouchable because like I mentioned in previous, um, in the origins episode that we live in a fallen world, but we are promised eternal life rather than death. And that should make us more unstoppable when it comes to spreading the gospel. 
So in Colossians 1, 9 through 14, I'm going to read that passage. It says, And so from the day that we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience and joy, giving thanks to our Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And so when I read that, and I put that in the back of my book, that is my prayer for you. I'm not as awesome as Paul was, and I'm just a human just as he was, but when I read that, that is what my hope is for you. I hope that you know that you have been delivered from the domain of darkness, and you have been transferred to his kingdom, and that we should be living passionate lives speaking up for the gospel truth. If we are to have more coding and robotics working systems for us, well, let's work together towards developing skills that can only be done by us. In order for true community to succeed within this world of digital technology, some of our harmless addictions must take a backseat so we can come out from the shadows and face-to-face meet. Let's again become more social and live life together pointing others to the gospel, no matter the climate or weather. So as we are trying to re-emerge ourselves back into society, as things kind of get more normal, we are going to have to retrain our minds. And some people, we still have, they have their walls up. They have their guards up because of the psychology, the psychological damage that was done during that deep season of isolation. I get it. Getting back out there and especially getting back out there to preach the gospel through living lives that are, you know, holy and set apart. I mean, it's kind of scary in today's tumultuous climate and the weather of people's experiences and emotions. I mean, it's a crazy storm out there. And so, but God has given us not a spirit of fear or of timidity, but of power. As you've been listening to my podcasts, or maybe this is the first one, maybe you don't feel like it's that severe. Maybe you don't agree with all the things that I have shared, and that is okay. But either way, no matter what, people are searching for the truth. In a world that even sin is now being put on a pedestal and now truth is relative to a person's feelings, as Christians, we must stand together and be unified in the gospel truth, no matter the climate or weather. You don't have to openly pick a side for the jab or masks or anything else. And I prefer not to either. And I painfully refrain myself from sharing thoughts or posts that I see, you know, in my feed. You know, because that that will hinder the gospel message. 
However, like I have mentioned last week, because number one, my episode number one and last week's message, that was probably the most controversial. But do you know what? When it comes to the sanctity of life, that is why I spoke up. That is why I spoke up because that is a hard truth, but it is with biblical authority that it is truth. That is God, the Bible clearly states God's heart on that matter. In Proverbs 6, 16 through 19, it says, These are the six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him. Haughty lies, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked plans and feet that make haste to run towards evil. A false witness who breathes out lies and one who sows discord among brothers. When I read those, I mean, man, does that not sound like year 2021 wrapped up in a few sentences? Yes, hands down, our world has always been filled with feet making haste towards and running to evil. But before the last like 10 or so years, it was in the secret. It was in the shadows. But in today's society, there is moral relativism. There is, there's no founded good or evil. The lines have been blurred between the two. And our culture today has this mentality, which is shamelessly embracing and endorsing and normalizing and is confusing future generations of what is truth. So for that last line stating, the Lord hates one who sows discord among brothers. This, this is something that I have really felt the inner turmoil and in trying to navigate this because I think that even some Christians are kind of falling prey, even in efforts for standing up for the truth. I mean, I could share resource after resource like I was doing right before I got off of social media. I left trying to get people little nuggets for them to go and do their own research. And do you know what? People liked it. My ratings, my views, everything went up four times its normal content engagement. Because why? It tickled their ears. <laughs> it was exposing stuff. It was fascinating. It was sensational, you know? And But the thing is, is even if I did that with the right motives to expose stuff, which the Bible also tells us to do, was it in the right fashion? Was that how Christ would do it? Yes, Christ was gentle, but he also said some very straight up, like direct call outs to the Pharisees of his time. So was it right? Is it right to do that? Or is it really a distraction from the power and the simplicity of the gospel? Now, I wholeheartedly, like I'm saying, I wholeheartedly admit and agree that it is super, it's a super hard line to differentiate right now. Not necessarily where your beliefs and opinions lie on certain topics, but it is one to navigate, it is a hard one to navigate when speaking out publicly about something, especially when we are being constantly triggered every single moment of every single day with data that clearly goes against our God and his original design for life. So how can we use our voice in a Christ-like manner that brings biblical unity rather than discord? 
So now I'm going to read a few more verses that I have on the appendix page for page 14. Um, I'm going to start off with one of my favorite verses, which is Titus 2, 11 through 12. For the grace of God has appeared to all men and offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly in this present age. And in order for us to do that, we need to be living out John 3, 30, another one of my favorite verses. He must become greater and I must become less. In 1 Corinthians 1.10, it says, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there is no divisions among you, but that you are perfectly united in mind and thought. I think the easiest way to fix this and to handle this and to correct, course correct us and make sure that we are on that same page is by opening up our Bibles, by diving in deep, by not just taking in secondhand information, third-party information, not just listening to podcasts. I saw this awesome video today of just not listening to other people's opinions alone, but by doing the hard work of putting in the time in our hearts into reading God's word and diving in deep and seeing what it has for us. Because his word never changes. Truth never changes. Because God is truth. Jesus is the truth. And he's been here before time even began. So we know that it is reliable. And so in 1 Thessalonians 5.14, And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and who are destructive. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. And be patient with everyone. And I'm going to read one more. And this one right here, I feel like this one, just word for word, just speaks to kind of the church, the capital C church, and just as Christians today. 2 Timothy 2, 22 through 26. Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Do Don't have anything to do with the foolish and stupid arguments because you know that they produce quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach and not be resentful. Opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth and that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. So can we can we speak up for God's truth in a way that brings people to the knowledge of truth and quote come to their senses and rescue them from this trap of the devil who is currently taking them captive to do his will? In reading those texts, I would say a resounding yes. Does that sound extremely hard in today's aggressively polar society? Yes. Does that mean that we should keep the truth to ourselves and not say anything? No. I think in a world of this Instagram, like follower, influencer, hierarchy of trust based on their follower count, their DMs are jam-packed, you know, they're being censored, deleted, and whatnot. 
And while that is admirable, standing up for God's truth and for, you know, the unborn, like I said, that is an abomination to our Lord. We are called to expose those things. As Christians, we must continually remind ourselves, are we kindly speaking up for God? Are we gently instructing and teaching from a place of self-control and of a sound mind? Or are we creating divisive, foolish arguments? Or are we urging our brothers and sisters in Christ who are being idle and staying silent? Or are we being disruptive? Are we being too abrasive that is turning off the lost because of how we are responding? Are we striving to encourage the disheartened believers who are are weak in their faith? Are we being patient with everyone who may or may not see it the way that we see it? And when we do screw up because we are human and we have moments of human weakness, are we forgiving or are we grudging or are we putting them in a category? I recently came across this Instagram post and it perfectly kind of put how I was feeling And God has kind of gently instructed my soul. I've never had the green light to kind of start sharing stuff again because I feel like that was distracting from the gospel, the power of the gospel. So from mid-November 2020 on, I have just been battling this struggle to not be sensational with my online content, but rather be gentle and letting the Bible and the scripture speak out for itself. And then let God do the work. This is where I have to die to myself daily and be obedient in sharing the power of the gospel. So this is a post by Raising Oaks and Arrows. And I'm just going to read it because it was just so good. And this is for believers. She starts off with, Beloved believers, of what value is there in expending our energy attempting to point out the perverseness of the current world to those who are still chained in the darkness themselves? Of what value is there in pointing out the errors of worldly wisdom and human philosophies to those who are still dead in their, transpa- in their trespasses and sin? Of what value is there in attempting to shine a light on the corruption of this world? to those whose hearts are still blinded and of made of stone? Of what value is behavior modification without heart transformation? Of what value is moralism without salvation? As believers, we haven't been given the charge to wake the sleeping. We have been given the charge to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ which in itself wakes the dead. Of what value is there in rearranging the deck chairs on a sinking ship when we should be passing out life jackets? This world is not our home, dear ones. The day is bearingly near when all the things of this world will be melting away. Expending ourselves, attempting of simply modifying someone's ideology And behavior is equivalent to hanging a millstone around their neck, awaking them to the depravity of these days 
But leaving them dead in their trespasses and sin is of zero value in the life to come. It is not modification of behavior that leads to heart transformation, but rather the exact opposite. So preach the gospel, dear ones. The world will misunderstand you, but preach it anyway. The world will think that you're foolish, but preach it anyway. The world will malign you, but preach it anyway. The world will hate you, but preach it anyway. The world will persecute you, but preach it anyway. Let's not waste these moments. We've been given rearranging deck chairs when we can be passing out life jackets. The ship is sinking, dear friends. Let's preach the gospel that saves. So I'm going to end this by saying that my book, yes, it has a theme of the fourth industrial revolution, but when you look at it, it is a beginning to end of the gospel story of salvation. And so this is a call to action for believers. You don't have to address the politics. You don't have to publicly oppose what's going on in the world. But instead, we can choose to be faithful in the small things and steward our lives. I want to encourage you and challenge you to shine your light out into the world. And do not hide it under a basket or a fear of being disliked. Let your life be a reflection of the gospel on and off of social media. So let's talk about social media for a second because this has been a really hard struggle. After coming off of a four-month detox, it was like a very heavy cloud that has settled back in. When I was off, I, I cannot explain to you the kind of clarity of thinking that I had. It was, it was so freeing and it was glorious, okay? But if you are choosing to spend time on social media, I encourage you and challenge you to please don't sit back and silently watch. Share posts of scripture. Share things that are encouraging to you. And share what God is personally doing in your life. Everyone has a sphere of influence. And we need to be using it for good. Even if it is to bring one person closer to the Lord. Like we talked about on What Is Our Life Purpose episode, our purpose as Christians, as born-again believers who are children of God, we are commanded to go and to make disciples of all nations and to preach the gospel and the truth and the hope and the light in a dark and a fallen world. Especially right now, I feel like, you know, however you are living out that purpose via your calling, that is so crucial right now. I pray that you seek the Lord's face and ask him how he wants you to be showing up in this time of life. I can't tell you that. Someone on Instagram can't tell you that. Your pastor can't even tell you that. That is only something that you and the Lord can come to terms with because that is how he is calling you to live your life. But as far as social media goes, if you are choosing to be on it, let's use it for good. The back of my book 
the very last few lines is let's work together and let's help the earth recover by building a network for the greater good. And this network in my in my perspective on this was the church for the greater good of humanity by leading people and pointing people to the light of the gospel and of the one who can save them and give them eternal life. So in Revelations 3.2, it says we need to strengthen what remains. We need to grow up in our maturity in our relationship with God. We need to be investing our time less on an app and more in the word of God. We need to directly read from the source. And yeah, is that time consuming? Is that hard? Yes. But have you looked at your screen time? Have you looked at your app time via your phone? It takes a lot of time, but are we spending our time for things that grow the kingdom? Are we spending time on what God has called us to? I really want to close this out in prayer today. And this this song um, by Elevation Church has just really been on my heart since Sunday. Monday, I listened to it. It's crazy. I cannot listen to that song without crying. (laughs) Can't do it. Um, I listened to it four different times on Monday. And every time when it gets to that bridge section, I just lose it. And why I lose it is because I look out my windows to my neighborhood I think about those who are here on this on this platform who are listening to this. I think about family members who are lost. I think about people, you know, on Instagram or people who see my stories. Not that I am anything special, but I hope that through this act of obedience of doing this podcast, it has touched someone's life. And I just want to bless you. I just want to bless you. I want to encourage you to seek the Lord, to see how he wants to change the trajectory of your life in a way that brings him glory, in a way that brings people to him. He is for you. His presence goes before you and behind you and beside you. He is all around you and lives within you. He is with you. In the morning and in the evening, in your coming and in your going, in your weeping and rejoicing, He is for you. And He is for you. So may His favor be on you. I pray that you will just reach for your Bible. Reach for God's Word. Open your heart. Run to Him. Give Him your cares. Give him your concerns. Find rest for your soul. 